all have questions. Questions about faith and relationships, beliefs and politics and social issues in our planet and God. Where do you go when you're done with cliches and starving for the conversation to ascend? What do you do when you're struggling to find connection within your community, within your church? So join us, Lauren, Danielle, and Jason, to connect, discuss relevant topics, and try to navigate living in the tension of everyday life as Jesus followers. We call this podcast, The Outsiders. Have you ever found yourself binge YouTubing video clip after video clip? Accidents. And to be clear, I'm not talking about horrific catastrophes. I mean, that's really dark. But smaller, totally preventable accidents. Like kids or adults, animals, babies. It doesn't matter. Have you ever caught yourself yelling and like motioning into your screen directions in order to prevent a disaster you can anticipate, but they're clueless? Well, me too. In fact, over the course of the last 17 years as a pastor, I've had this experience countless times with teenagers and 20-somethings and 30-somethings and 40-somethings. This honestly is why I'm so passionate about today's topic, because it breaks my heart to see people I care about with broken hearts. When a young adult named Ben was asked his thoughts about today's topic, he said, quote, The impression I'm left with is everyone is swimming in a pool they all took a dump in. Instead of shocking the water and getting out, everyone decided they need to keep swimming in the sewage, perhaps even adding to it, because that pool is where people swim, unquote. In today's episode, we're talking about dating. So hey, everybody, and welcome to the Outsiders Podcast. Let's be honest, there are times in life when you just feel like an outsider, especially when it comes to the world of dating. So I am super pumped for today's discussion. And in case you didn't know, my name is Jason, and I am in studio with my two rock star co-hosts, Lauren and Danielle. So before we get started, Lauren and Danielle, tell us, uh, first of all, uh, how are you doing this week? And secondly, pretty sure everyone has a secret talent. So what is your secret talent? Hey, Jason. I am, I'm doing all right. It has, I don't want to always talk about the weather, but I just have to mention it because it has been snowing like crazy. It's snowmageddon. Here in Ohio. My Canadian heart is happy. And I actually am loving the snow because there's a reason why it is so cold. Do you have to shovel yeah, I do. Oh, and you still love it. I still love it, oh. even though my back hurts and I've had to take Advil every night exactly. <laughs> because I am now in my 30s and that's a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing good this week. Good. Um, to answer your second question, my secret talent, I don't know if it's so secret, but I'm a really good napper. Like, I can sleep anywhere. I like to call myself a nap enthusiast. Mm. Um, if if I could nap as a career, I would definitely go down that career path because I'm so good at it. So, okay, so I follow up. Is there a time when, is there like a nap cutoff time? So, right, so if, if it's too late, like, no, I'm not going to nap because then I'm not going to sleep that night? Nope. That is a talent. Yeah. <laughs> I hate naps. I hate naps. Okay. Just we we have to work through some stuff in our friendship. <laughs> we clearly need counseling. So if there's a counselor out there who is interested in some, she and work. she's she's not the only one in my friend group that like detests naps, and it's 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 a it's a contention point in like our in dark. our friendship. How do you sometimes. contest naps? It's I just rest. feel like they're a waste of time. I wake up grumpy. I wake up feeling like I could have used the time for something else. I'm a mean person after naps, and I think that's the biggest thing is I don't like the way I feel. I wake up and I'm just angry at everyone and everything. So then do you consume like a warm caffeinated beverage and it just makes everything better? No, because I can't drink caffeine past like 10 in the morning or else I'll be up until 2022. Which is <laughs> that so, is a long time. Yeah, maybe that's your talent. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, but no, I'm doing well this week also. It's been busy, but I'm excited to be here and do this and I'm excited about the snow. I honestly, I can't think of a secret talent. I mean, I think that there's a lot of things I do that people maybe wouldn't expect that I do. Like, I'm a super good knitter. Like, grandma status, I can knit wow. you anything, which is 
probably something you wouldn't expect. Um, Lauren would say that my <laughs> secret talent is I play a mean mouth guitar. And what I mean by that <laughs> is if you ever needed somebody to sing you like the instruments of any song ever, I probably could. And while some may call that a talent, I can name many of my friends who have almost kicked me out of their cars many times for not just letting guitar solos be guitar solos. Can confirm all of the above. <laughs> so maybe that's, that's a talent. I don't know. But the real question is, um, how does Patrick feel about your soloing? He has accepted that it's part of our marriage. <laughs> Patrick's a good man and very patient. And that's great. He's just as weird as I am. So it's fine. So good. Okay, so yeah, we're super pumped to be Wait, sitting here talking is, about this. What is, you you did this to me last week. So what is like? How are you doing? Oh, and what is your secret talent? I'm I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, but I'm doing well. And my secret talent, which I actually didn't realize was a secret talent until we had like a leaders meeting the other day. Um, but I'm actually a really good skater, and I kind of did that a lot. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up and was sponsored, which when you're like in high school to get sponsored by a legit company is, is pretty dope, right? So um, didn't really pay much, but you just got to compete and get a whole bunch of free stuff. And that was really cool. So I guess, and to be clear, because um, all the borders out there are like, yeah, borders. Okay, no, sorry. I'm not hating on the borders, but this would be aggressive inline skating, which used to be a thing. I feel like it's going to come back because it was super awesome. I like that it's described as aggressive. <laughs> it is. Because all those Cali people, like they just want to like cruise the beach. Ah. That's inline skating when you're just cruising. No, there's a difference between that and got it. You know. Yeah, like that is all on Instagram now. I see it and it just it looks so cool. It's so fun. But I do feel like um the aggressive, you want to call it. Um, That's what it's called. Like inline skating, BMX, like yeah, all that stuff. Maybe it's coming back. It's coming back. I'm going to bring it back. And, the, to like and then you could be on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, under like the old fogey episode. <laughs> so, all right. So enough about that. Let's get into today's topic because I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. And I really feel like a lot of people um, care about this whole thing. So as I mentioned, today we're talking about dating. In now, Okay, so Lauren and Danielle, in as few words as possible, how would you describe today's dating scene? Um, like complicated and <laughs> maybe confusing. And yeah. I think like too many options mm. are a few words that I would use. Interesting. Um, it's not as much of a word as like a punctuation, just a big old question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe with some other emojis of choice. That would have been a better question. What emoji would you put to describe? But maybe that's not, that's two. This one. Yeah. (laughs) The shrugging shoulders one. (laughs) Oh, right. They can't see me. No, it's good. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I would say it is simply a mess and really, really childish. Um, but Ooh. we can talk about that later throughout this podcast. So I'm sure we all have some disaster dating stories. So for both of you guys, what's one of the best or worst uh, experiences you've had dating? Oh, boy. Um, one of the best yeah, or worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Uh, I won't get into my dating history for <laughs> for the listeners. Because it's going out into internet land for all of eternity. <laughs> right. Um, I would say one of the worst dates that I've been on, I have been on, um, was one where I didn't realize that I was on a date. That's so great. Yeah. So, you know, it's. Uh, I think we'll talk about that later in our episode. Um, there have been some other disastrous ones, but I think just not, not knowing that you're on a date was like, oh, Interesting. (laughs) Um, But one of the most fun and like first dates that I've ever had was when a guy created a DIY mini golf date, like all around the downtown area. Um, So instead of going putt-putt, 
um, to an actual place. We just kind of like had our own little thing and then we had ice cream afterwards. It was, it was really fun. Someone right now should write this down. Yeah. That does sound super fun. Yeah. It was like a little spontaneous, a little planned. It was creative. Like it, it, it ranks at the top of my list on that, dates that I've good. been on. That's super good. Yeah. I have, <laughs> at, well, okay. I disclaimer, obviously I'm married. So I've been on dates with my husband and with previous boyfriends, but I've actually never been just asked on a date. Like, that's I've dated. Tragic. Dude, it like, is. to your face. But yeah. I'm not, I don't want people to, like, pity me. Like, I'm happily married, so we're good. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I I've, I went on dates with, like, my boyfriend back in high school and, like, my husband now, like, after we were yeah. already boyfriend, girlfriend, official, whatever you want to call it. But no one's ever asked me on just, like, a casual date. And I think that that really plays into this conversation we're having today. So yeah. Does. I was going to, I was going to say, like, I'm sorry that you yeah, never sure. got to like really experience that. But I also feel like there's probably someone out there that has had a similar experience. Oh, oh for I promise. sure. I yeah. can guarantee it. Yep. All the rest of the people who are just too intimidating or whatever other excuses people have given me. Right. Yes. And you just communicated that whoever's <laughs> listening right now who has that experience is like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, again, you're definitely like, not alone. I'm yeah. fine. I'm married. I'm cool. Yeah, but for sure. <laughs> that's just, you know, <laughs> my past. No, that's, yeah, no, that's good. Um, I have a very different experience, and I would just say, yeah, just way too many. <laughs> okay, Jason. Um, <laughs> just no. rub it in my face. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just, no, I'm going to be humble. Uh, right, but I got, dude, I've had terrible dates. I got into an accident one time on a date, uh, received at least one ticket I can think of on a date. Uh, technically, actually got arrested once while on a date. Um, but honestly, for me, the worst, and I'm like, I just, I'm a terrible sinner, but I have accepted Jesus and he forgives and everyone listening should also. Um, but one time um, I went on a group date with some friends and someone I was really into. The problem was I actually had a girlfriend at the time and she was on like her family vacation. Uh, but I was thinking, nah, we're, it's all together, right? So it's not that bad. But during the date, um, I bought her a Sprite because that's like what you do. And a bird pooped like straight up on her during that time. Oh no. And I kind of took that as a sign. Like, yeah, this is, I should probably not be doing this. So I did the right thing. <laughs> broke up with my girlfriend, and then a couple months later, started dating that girl. And 23 years later, I'm still with her. Oh, That's cute. Q cute studio audience. Yes. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so we've all been told lots of things about the purpose of dating and how we should date and what we should look for and everything in between. So what are some of the things that we've heard or been told that maybe weren't helpful and could even be considered lies about dating? Oh, man. It's funny because since I knew we were doing this relationship series and Patrick had never seen it, I oh. I think last weekend or the weekend before, I don't know, I was like, hey, do you want to watch? She's just not that into you. And he was like, I mean, uh. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so we're watching it. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, he he humors me and watches rom-coms when I want to sometimes. But it's funny because one of like the very opening lines of the movie, you see these these two little kids. It's like a little girl and a little boy in the sandbox and he's picking on her. She goes to her mom crying and she's like, honey, you know why he's being so mean to you and picking on you? It's because he likes you. And boys are only mean to girls when they like them and this and that. And then, you know, the main character of the movie who kind of narrates it goes on to say, from, from childhood, we're kind of programmed to believe that when guys are jerks to us, it means they like us. And I just think it's so funny because it's true. I mean, obviously, it I can't blanket statement it, but I just think that that is such a funny lie that people are told of, you know, if a guy ignores you or if he's mean to you or whatever, it's because he likes you. And of course, they all go on to, you see all these girls in the movie telling their friends all these reasons why the guys are ghosting them or not into them or or whatever, rather than just saying, he's just not that into you. It is such a good movie. And also it's based on a book. <laughs> it's hurtful because it, we've all been there. It, it hurts because it's true. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Definitely. <laughs> I think another lie, the whole notion of like the one or your perfect match, I think a lot of people get super caught up in that. 
And they have this idea that once you find this person, everything will fall into place and dating will just be easy. And I think that's super misleading. Oh, so much we can say about that, but absolutely. And you know what's what's sad? And even my mom, my mom might actually be listening to this right now. So, hi, mom. Uh, but my mom subscribes to this theory and she actually attributes uh and she could testify if you're listening um you know leave a note in the in the in the thing but she'll actually say that's one reason why she thinks her life has been kind of miserable is she didn't find her one that's interesting yeah so but you're right it's absolutely asinine it makes no sense (laughs) i think the other one that just like pops to mind um is maybe it's not like a specific lie or something but i think even maybe 10 years ago, maybe not as much now, but not long ago, there were a lot of um, gender roles and expectations and limitations on dating. Like you can't date unless the guy asks you out or, you know, someone has to initiate this or that or whatever. So I think that's definitely something that um, has been said about dating that maybe isn't the truest or most helpful thing. Yeah, totally. I think there's this saying that It's something along the lines of like the minute you stop looking, like that person will come into your life or whatever. (laughs) Magically shows up. Yeah. And there's a joke also like amongst a single crew that's like, well, like my person got lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But I I, like I get that. I get this sentiment that when you like stop focusing on something, you're putting your energy somewhere else. And I, I think that that's valid. But I also think that there are a number of women, I think specifically, that's like, okay, it, it, they look at it as a formula. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, if I don't think about this, right. then the right, like someone's right. going to come into my life and then, you know, time passes and it still hasn't happened and you get frustrated that like, I'm not thinking about dating, right? But you're thinking about right. dating. Right. So, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, that's just the one that kind of popped into my head. No, it's it's so true. And it, like you said, the whole like finding the one thing I think is kind of ridiculous because even the the sheer notion of love, and I think we've talked about this in other podcasts, right? But like when Andrea, who's my wife, in case you didn't know, uh, when she tells me she loves me, like, why should I care? Like, why does that actually matter? Because the reality is, right, we can love people or someone And they never even know we exist, right? But we still love them, right? Like a celebrity or whatever, right? But the only reason it matters when Andrea says that she loves me is because she has the choice not to, right? Because the reality is, right, there are so many men on this planet who are better looking and taller and stronger and more athletic and more intelligent and have hair that she could be with, but she didn't choose them. She chooses me. So this whole idea of, well, there's only one, that totally takes away the concept of love because love intrinsically means there is choice. So that's my little tangent on that. Um, but yeah, also, and I think we talked about this last week a little bit, the whole right person myth. When someone's like, well, when I meet the right person, I'll become the right person. Like, what, what are you talking about? No, you won't. Uh, right? So let's just be honest about that. Now, like if you're single, now's the time to be the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. <laughs> and when we've talked about that before. The other thing I'll just say quickly, and we could talk about this also, and in, in like Lauren and Danielle, if you disagree, just like jump in. But I really, really think we need to stop dating like we're at Chipotle. And I think we should put that on a shirt or something. Like, for <laughs> real, right? Everyone, I'm assuming everyone's been to Chipotle. And if you haven't, like, you should stop this podcast and go to Chipotle, like, right now. Or right? keep listening to the podcast and wow. then go oh. to Chipotle. Yeah. See, but you're a woman, so you can multitask. So that makes sense to you. I could not do that. But anyway, uh, right? So right, so you go to Chipotle, right? And you order, you know, black beans and brown rice, or, or I want light this, extra that. No, I don't want any of that, but a little bit of this maybe on the side. Okay, but we do that when it comes to dating. Like, oh, what's your type? Well, I'm looking for someone smart, but not too smart, because then they'll make me feel like an idiot. Um, athletic, sporty, but not like super buff so that they're in the gym all the time, and right? I want them to pay attention to me. So they need to have like, you know, a strong strong chin line, but, but not skinny, but not too thick either, right? They need to be funny and confident, but definitely not cocky, uh, right? They need to be measured, responsible, but spontaneous. You know, I need them to be touchy, but not too touchy. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, I, I need a really good person, but not too good, right? Because then they're just kind of boring. And this whole idea of just 
you know, they need to have a, a little bit of bad, right? Just a little side of bad, but not a lot. It's just like we're at Chipotle, right? So I think we need to stop looking for characteristics and instead look for character when it comes to dating. And when we approach dating by looking for characteristics, it's like we reduce people to a product for consumption. But dating isn't actually, an, or I'm sorry, but dating actually is an evaluation process. Dating is not consuming, it's contributing. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yep. So, um, so let's be honest. This is actually really hard, right? Like it, it seems to me that it, doesn't really matter if you're a Christian or not. Dating today is super hard and people are really bad at it. So why do you think this is? We don't, you know, we don't want to date like everybody else, but in the end, we end up dating like everybody else. So why is that? I think it's what you said. Dating in general is just so different and way harder than it used to be. And I do think you're right. It's not just Christians, it's everyone. But I do think that Christians have some struggles or limitations that maybe other people outside of like tight-knit Christian communities don't experience. But just in general, no, it is hard. And I think one of the things is the internet. Like I sound like this 60-year-old being like, oh, the The World World Wide Wide Web. Um, but people literally have the world at their fingers now. And there's this great book. It's called Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari, a stand-up comedian, if you don't know who he is. And in this book, he basically just talks about modern romance. And he did this whole um, research project with sociologists to really get to the bottom of what makes up modern romance right now and why it's so different from even just our a couple generations ago, like our grandparents or even maybe our parents' generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he interviewed a whole bunch of women that would probably be in most of our grandparents' generations. Um, and for them, one of the biggest factors in dating was proximity. He referenced a study that was done in 1932 where they looked at 5,000 um, consecutive marriage licenses. And the sociologists that were doing this study found that one third of the couples married somebody who lived within five blocks of their house, like walking distance of their house. Um, in addition, one out of six lived on the same block. One out of eight lived in the same building. But now we literally have thousands of people. There's all the apps all of the online dating, which is not inherently a bad thing. But I mean, imagine if your dating pool was limited to five blocks from where you live compared to literally anyone anywhere. I feel like that is so hard. Definitely. I was uh, doing some some research for this episode and came across a study that Pew Research Center did um, on online dating and how it's transformed how Americans have dated. And it was reported that three in ten or thirty percent of the of these participants across the age range eighteen to like sixty plus in 2019, because all of this was reported pre-pandemic, which would also be really interesting to see, right? Yeah. Like what the statistics are yeah. around so we should online actually read dating. an article just this morning called Dating During the Pandemic, but that's another topic. Very, very interesting because yeah. you kind of only have online dating right. as an option. Yeah. Anyways, um, but it, it said that, um, you know, 30% of participants said that they have used a dating site or an app. And um, at the same time, like it, the personal experiences with online dating um, differ across the age ranges. So you're going to find more of the younger generations on the dating apps and the older generations actually on dating websites. Um, But it also differs by sexual orientation. So um, this study found that LGBTQIA plus adults are roughly twice as likely as those who are straight to like say that they've been on, on dating platforms and a little over 54% of participants in this research study said that relationships that begin online are just as successful mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. are in person. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like, as we were growing up, I think it was kind of taboo yeah. to, you know, like meet someone right, online. Like you were desperate if you resorted to yeah. a dating site. And so I think that that, that sentiment has totally changed. Definitely. Totally. But like you said, Danielle, I think because 
online dating literally opens your world up to like literally the Mm -hmm. entire world that it makes it that much more difficult because a person has so many options. And I think anyone can get caught in thinking that there's something better or someone better that will come along. And so they don't really commit to anything or anyone. I mean, we're all kind of, that's kind of the way that culture is right now, right? It's like FOMO. Yeah. For a relationship. That's real, man. Right. Like we have to always get the latest phone that's out instead of, well, maybe not us because Jason, (laughs) you have an iPhone 8, but... (laughs) No, whoa, what, eight? No, no, I have, I have a six. Yes, oh, six. you have a six. Yeah, okay. Anyways. You have a what? Eight. eight. Oh, we have an eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, this is how our world is, it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of functions. And I think that we treat dating a lot like that. Yeah. On the same topic of the internet, the World Wide Web's, um, I think even, I mean, I graduated high school, what, 11 years ago? And even when I was in high school, there was not this pressure to be this, like, social media aesthetic couple where you have to post pictures and broadcast like the success of the relationship or how much fun you are having or like the status that there is now of wanting all these photos and the couple photo shoots and all this stuff like that was not an element then you know if you were dating someone a lot of the time people didn't know unless they were in your circle and now Mm -hmm. it's like not only is there the internet for finding people but also for broadcasting Mm -hmm. how successful or not successful or happy or not happy you are in (laughs) your relationship (laughs) i oh go ahead well i was saying and honestly and while i love all things apple i blame the iphone because everyone has a camera that is really, really smart and it makes you be a way better photographer than you actually are. And so everyone all of a sudden wants to, you know, post all their super dope pics and yeah. So anyway. Yeah, because let's be real. Taking selfies on a point and shoot like Sony is very different than <laughs> yeah. taking a selfie. Or the box on- cameras. <laughs> Do you remember the box disposables of old or is that okay? <laughs> We remember. We remember. Yeah. I'll be quiet now. Keep going. But I, I do feel like social media has totally changed the the game of dating. Like yeah. you see people hanging out on their stories or whatever. And then we instantly start like texting each other. Like, did you see who's hanging out with, with who? And, you know, ev- so everyone is in everyone's business. Um, and, and honestly, uh, like I'll call myself out on this when I say we, I, like, I mean me, I, I do that, <laughs> but, but I agree that there is a pressure and a sort of requirement to post on social media about your dating life. And I don't think that it's very helpful. Um, not everyone needs to know your business and not everything needs to be made public. Mm-hmm. I think another thing, too, that has made dating harder recently is that what we're looking for has changed. And not necessarily in a bad way, but people don't just want someone to start a family with or someone who can provide for them. Like, it's not just about practicality or logistics like maybe it was even just a few generations ago. People want their soulmate, which puts tons of pressure on dating. And I think that makes it really hard for anybody who might not be ready for that level yet, who just wants something casual or is just looking to get to know more people. Um, And I think that that kind of brings us to the three things that we want to talk about that make dating really hard uh, for humans in general and definitely for Christians. And those things are honesty, expectations, and pressure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, (laughs) let's be honest because we usually aren't honest with either ourselves or with each other or the person that we're dating. And I think we've talked about this before, but I have a few observations about honesty, specifically when it comes to relationships and dating. And the first one is everyone lies. And right now someone is objecting, right? Because you're, you're trying to, you know, you're, you're a little self-righteous. You're like, no, no, I don't. I'm, I do not lie. I am always lying. Yes, you do. Okay. Can you just be honest with yourself for a second. There are times when you lie or you mislead. And, and here's what I mean. I truly believe, it, for the most part, and we're not like evil people, but for the most part, men lie to women to get what they want, to get what a man wants. But I also believe women tend to lie to themselves to either justify their actions or to get what they want. And, and so... 
in the space of honesty, I, I need to, to say to the ladies, and, and honestly, this is really embarrassing as a man to admit, but I am telling you, like, it's true. And it's about time women understood this. And for the, right now, if you're a man, a single man, you're, just, you're thinking, wait, what are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell them? Uh, no, just, just hear me out. This is for everyone's benefit. So here it is. When it comes to relationships, for a man, if a man doesn't have to, he won't. Just let that sink in for a second. Now, for the record, this is not an excuse. And actually, what's terrible is most men would acknowledge this, and they actually know this about themselves. And the reality is most men hate this about themselves. But the reality is most men in an opportunity, if they can step away from a situation or from someone because that person steps in, they will. They will step back. And what's interesting to me as I talk to a lot of men about this is we actually fight this and we try to cover up for it, right? With, with our egos or we're trying to be like the hero in a certain situation or, you know, trying to be macho or whatever, right? Like I can't tell you how many like 30s or 30-somethings or 40-somethings or 50-somethings even uh, of men who like stress out and get like super obsessed and upset over like a softball league. And then like I talk to women who know these men and they're like, why does he care? It's softball. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah, you're right. But for a guy, right, a lot of times we try to overcome, right, because we hate this about ourselves that, well, when it comes to relationships, if we can get by not doing something, then we won't. And we'll put our energy and focus into something else, even something that honestly, at the end of the day, really doesn't matter. So when it comes to relationships for a man, if a man doesn't have to, he won't. And honestly, because it's scary. And men, oftentimes, I am admitting, get scared. And so just think about this principle and actually apply it. If he doesn't have to ask you out, he won't. If he doesn't have to have courage, he won't. If he doesn't have to have self-control, or if he doesn't have to honor, if he doesn't have to plan or prepare, he won't. So ladies, like you need to understand this. And if you step in, chances are he will probably step back. So for the man who is listening right now, I'm going to be brutal and honest with you because I honestly, because I care. To every single man out there, please, for your own sake and the sake of women in your life, stop being a child and step up. Because here's the thing. I have three children. I love them. But kids are impatient. They're self-seeking. They're self-centered. They're easily angered. Angered. Uh, they they easily get distracted, and they're ill-mannered, and they're rude sometimes, and they're totally unaware of their feelings, and they're totally unaware of other people's feelings, and they want to be held until they don't, and then they pout about it until they get their own way. Yeah, men, I am describing some of you. Stop being a child. Stop saying, well this relationship or this whole dating thing, it's complicated. Okay, everything is complicated to a child, but you'll experience great clarity and understanding if you would just grow up and step up. There is no such thing as a relationship hack. I think that's what we think. Like there's some sort of like workaround to this whole dating thing. No, you actually have to step up Take the risk, be brave, and do the work. I feel uncomfortable because I feel like I just heard something that I shouldn't have heard. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, not, you, not you in a bad, don't apologize. No, not in a bad way. I just feel like that's something, obviously, I would never say to a guy, but you're a guy, so I'm not going to tell you you can't say yeah, that. Yeah, like you know I'm right, man. <laughs> no, but I, I think you make a good point about being honest to ourselves and honest to each other and that really um, defining the way that 
relationships can start and progress and proceed. I remember I was on a trip with um, our campus ministries group. I was campus ministries convention, and we were supposed to be in this breakout group, and the leader of the breakout group just never showed up. And so somebody else stepped in. We were supposed to be talking about dating, like in a Christian context. And I remember her talking about just how it's so important for us to be honest with each other about what we want and what we expect and all Mm. that stuff. And I remember this guy in in our group, in our breakout group, he got so passionate about this. And he was like, he raised his hand and he was like, yes, if I take you on a date and you didn't enjoy it, just be like, thank you, no more. And I won't be hurt because at least you told me. Yeah. And we were all, everyone in the room was cracking up just because of the words he chose, thank you, no more. But I think there's something to be said to that. With just being honest, yeah, it might hurt in the moment, but I think in the long run, being able to be honest with ourselves and with each other is a huge thing. And on the note of being honest with ourselves, I feel like, not I feel like, I know because I've experienced it, (laughs) not being able to be honest with ourselves can lead to what many of us know as situationships. Mm -hmm. They're definitely a thing. (laughs) It might be a made up word, but they're a thing. And I know I'm guilty of many of them throughout my life because it's easier to pretend that you're satisfied with this weird like friendship, relationship hybrid because at least you haven't been rejected yet. Mm. Um, But when we're not honest with ourselves, we settle for a lot less than we deserve. And I think this really segues well into the next point because another huge issue here is not being clear about expectations because it's scary to tell people what you want and how you feel. And sometimes it's a lot easier to just be in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, this is going to be like a dating time with Lauren for for a second. (laughs) But, um, I would say over a year ago, I got out of a situationship myself. And when it ended, it was almost more hurtful mm. than being in a relationship and, and getting out of one. It um it started off as a, hey, let's see where things go, right? Where like right. we talked on the phone and text and like would even see each other a few times because we didn't live in the same state. And and then it got to a point where there would be like months of radio silence, which is Lauren just thinking a lot. Right. Which is unhealthy. Right. 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 And So I thought that I could live in this gray area of still, quote unquote, seeing what it could be. And I thought I was fine as, you know, we're going back and forth between like whatever, literally a situation, it's a situation, right? And I'm sure that Danielle can, can tell you, like I was actually, I thought I was fine, but I was actually miserable and I can say this now that I, you know, look back on everything and hindsight is, is twenty twenty. But at some point I realized this isn't what I want. And so I asked for what I wanted. I put myself out there multiple times and was like, hey, I can't live in the gray. Like I want to define this. Good for you. Right? Like, like let's have a conversation in like multiple, multiple ways, face-to-face, text, phone call, even wrote a letter. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying That's to attention. trying to check off all the boxes yeah, of communication, yeah. right? There's 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 no- nothing that could backfire. Carrier pigeon. <laughs> Carrier yeah. pigeon was yeah. next. Smoke yeah. <laughs> um but I was like every single time I was kind of brushed off, which should have been a red flag for me. Now I now I'm like very aware of that, right? Um but at at some point I was like this is what I want. Do you want it to yes or no? And when he said no, I was hurt because we were in a situationship and I wanted it to, you know, turn into something that was more defined. Um, But at the end of the day, I realized my expectations were different and we just wanted different things. Mm -hmm. But at least you had that conversation. Now, maybe it was way later. Oh, it was much later. <laughs> like, you're right, that it should have been. 100%. Right? And all yeah, of this, yeah. this kind of goes back to that opening illustration. Like, that's kind of like one of those accidents. Like, you see it coming, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And if you riding. saw your friend doing that, you would be like, yes. don't do it. But it's so much harder to be honest with yourself and identify that yes. when you're doing it. 100%. Yeah. Because I can look back on like the conversations that I would have with, you know, 
my friends who are in my my inner circle who like knew about it because when it's a situation ship, you can't you really a secret. talk about it because yeah. it's not a thing, right? <laughs> right. And I just remember explaining a, like everything away instead of taking those signs right. as something, right? Like communi- that that person was communicating to me, I'm just not that into you. Okay, yes. However, I, I don't like don't put blame like more blame on yourself than is deserved, right? So, so let's again talking to the men out there. Uh, let's be clear about expectations. I cannot tell you how many times I have conversations with both men and women when, dude, man. Okay, I'm just to be super clear about my expectation. Stop, men, asking or saying to girls, um, so you want to hang out? Like that goes for girls too, though. Hundred percent. Because that's okay. the, that's the less scary way. Yes. Of saying I want to spend time with you without defining what that time means. Right. Which, in my little tangent, is childish. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Be clear. Have those. Right. I can't. And how many? Right. So we say, want to hang out, or so you want to do something sometime. Like, what is that even supposed to mean? So, people. Please be clear. Like, say the word, like, ask someone, like, okay, so men, ask a girl on a date, and please actually use the word date so that she understands your expectation, right? Because clarity is honoring, and it shows respect when you are clear. You actually need to say to a specific girl, you'd like to do something specific on a specific day um, at a specific time. Yeah, you actually need to do that, man. And right now, some dude is listening thinking, crap, you mean I got to plan something? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you actually have to plan something, right? So you say to someone, I have tickets too. Okay, the next Saturday or whenever it is. Okay, translation, you have a plan. You actually thought ahead of time and made a purchase, an investment. And then you say, if you're available, okay, men, like if you're driving, pull over and write this down. I cannot tell you how important this is. In your asking of the girl out, you actually need to say, if you're available. Okay, now why is this important? Because it provides an out for her that is guilt-free. And like, this is what I mean. Like, be honest. Um, You have stressed and fretted and talked to your friends about and like, you know, fasted, right, on on whether or not you should have this conversation. And then you and then you ask and you just expect that the poor recipient of this ask to respond like immediately. You need to provide space for them to talk to their friends and the stress and freak out and fast about the answer. Right. So. Have some time, give them a guilt-free way out, and then say, you know, and, and I would enjoy taking you, right? So again, be very, being very clear about your expectations. And I, honestly, I just think this is honoring because it, for all the, you know, aforementioned reasons. And for the ladies, okay, so I've been kind of, you know, dogging the men a little bit. Ladies, it, I'm not one, so clearly you should be listening more to Lauren and Danielle. I just talk to a lot. And I would just say, Please, if you, if possible, don't agree to hang out sometimes. That is the bar. <laughs> if like, if that, the bar is set on the first encounter that when, when you're with someone. And if that's their bar, if he's such a moron and that's what he asks, hey, you want to hang out sometime? And like, don't accept that. Like, push back. Um, and so if someone that perhaps you're in, into or could be into asks you to hang out sometime, ladies, I want you to respond like this. Like, actually say these words. Like, write this down. Oh, okay. Do you have something specific in mind? And he won't. So you need to put him on the spot so that he has something in mind. He starts to plan because if you just say yes, he never will. So I would say, right, if, if a woman, and so to the man, or to the men out there, if a woman pushes back and asks for specifics, like she's not being a jerk. She's actually complimenting you, man, because she thinks that you are capable to date and you actually have the capacity and the ability to plan and show honor. I can hear in your voice how passionate you are about yeah. this. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, talking about expectations and setting those expectations 
at early on in the relationship is a really good point because once a guy or a girl knows that you will settle for something less, it's like what your point was earlier. They won't if they don't have to. So I think just when you're setting expectations, it's not just setting expectations to the other person, but also with yourself. Be clear. Are you looking to just get to know someone that maybe you're already friends with, but you want to spend more one-on-one time with them and get to know them better? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get married tomorrow? <laughs> because, you know, what are you going into, yeah. This, yeah. into this dating experience <laughs> looking for? Um, is there someone new who just came to town that you want to get to know, not necessarily romantically, but mm-hmm. just, I want to get to know you because you seem like a cool person. Just being honest, are you just looking for a hookup? Not saying, you know, yeah. There's no right or wrong answer, but just be honest and clear about what you expect, both with yourself and with the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a big part of maybe adulthood um, is learning how to manage expectations. And it's just a constant thing that you have to work at doing. Um But it's also, I think, where communication comes into the conversation. Spoiler alert, I've just been told this by my married friends because I haven't like fully (laughs) experienced it. Um, That it like, it's really important to learn communication before you get married. Mm. Um, Because I think a huge part of success in marriage and in relationships, whether they're platonic or romantic is communication. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to communicate your expectations. And that doesn't always look like giving ultimatums or putting all your cards on the table the first date. um, Because, I mean, you could really scare someone off. But if you know, like, I think it, it also comes down to like managing expectations is also like when it comes to dating is dating with intention. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm dating to get married. That doesn't always have to be the intention. It could just be like, Danielle, you were talking about, like, I want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that about yourself, then I think you can more clearly communicate your expectations to the, to the person. Mm -hmm. And I think Jason, like you said, being really clear, I want to take you on a date, not, I want to hang out Mm -hmm. so that the other you're communicating to the other person so that they're aware of like, not only what you're feeling, but also yeah, you know, what maybe they might be feeling or not. And being okay with whatever the answer is on the other side of that. Right. And just speaking personally, like no means no. And it can be really romantic to like chase the girl But like, if that, if she's saying no, like, just let it go. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you mentioned managing expectations. And I think another big part of that is being realistic. And that's more so when it comes to your personal expectations. I think especially if you've been single for a long time, it can be really easy for your list to get longer and longer and to have this perfect image or idea of a person in your head, um, which I think can get in the way of finding someone. But to be clear, not that you shouldn't have standards, Mm -hmm. just be realistic. Um, The lists that we make in our head can be really good in the sense that they help us to have standards and to name our values, which I think is incredibly important in dating. But they can also get in the way. I mean, if I had waited to find who I thought I was going to marry based on my list, I would be single. (laughs) I would be, or I'd be married to some like, Flannel wearing, hockey playing, lumberjack in Canada who chopped down the trees to build our log cabin in the wood. Like, that is not Patrick (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. And that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But if I had been married to that list, I wouldn't be married to Patrick. Mm -hmm. And that would be sad. Yeah. Nick Young, Mr. Darcy, (laughs) uh, Noah Calhoun, Quincy McCall, Peter Kavinsky, I could go on and on and on. Like as beautiful as these men are that play these characters in movies or TVs and books that that we've read, like they're not real. Yeah. So you can't compare like these Hollywood stars or this like really romantic story to the guy or or girl that you want to date because it's not real. Right. And that just leads into that further the top conversation we had earlier about it's just like consumerism, mm-hmm. right? Just picking and choosing, and and then it's, they're just a product. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at the end of the day, you you think you want that, but you really don't. 
Yeah. And I think when we are not honest and we are not clear about our expectations, that just adds to the pressure that is already there so heavily when it comes to dating. You know, pressure dating within the church, pressure to marry, pressure to be serious instead of casual. There's just so much pressure. And I think this is one of the areas, especially within a Christian context and in close-knit Christian communities, that this may be more of a, a thing in dating where that makes it a lot harder. You know, the definition of dating within Christianity is probably pretty different than what it is for people who don't have those values. And not saying that people who are not Christians are not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just saying, especially within like the tight-knit Christian communities, there's that pressure. Like you have to find someone, you have to get married, which we talked about, you know, last week in our singleness episode. And most Christians do really want to date intentionally and with the purpose of marriage. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But we often approach dating as if we want it to be a serious relationship after date one. And I or think, even before. Or even before. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like you're you're engaged to the person in your head before you even You're naming your children. Right. Like we're gonna you're live here and have three dogs. With their last name, <laughs> like before you've even gone on a date. Yep. And I think that a lot of the time when it comes to that pressure and those expectations leading up to it, there's a discrepancy between men and women. They're in different places, mm -hmm. which kind of goes back to the expectations and the pressure. I mean, imagine being a guy or a girl who agrees to go on a first date with someone who's named your kids and your pets and has bought your house in their head. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's a, whoa. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I think that, honestly, we all have different definitions of what dating actually means, which then makes dating difficult. Um, and so, you know, some people might define casual dating and hooking up as the same thing, um, while others might define it as just dating, like casual mm -hmm. dating is, is just dating. Um, and I think in the cr Christian community, there's such a negative connotation to the phrase casual dating and, or, or just dating in general, honestly, because whatever bad things happened, like when hookup culture became a really good thing, right? The like antithesis to that was mm -hmm. the way that Christians date it, marriage and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so I, I still think that you can intentionally date without the pressure of figuring out on date one or even five, if this is the person that you're going to marry. And we've just got to take the pressure off of people to figure all of that out so quickly. Mm -hmm. In um, Aziz Ansari's book that I mentioned earlier, when he was interviewing those older women um, and asking them about their experience with finding their life partner and getting married and stuff, a lot of them said that when their grandkids or kids were asking them for advice about dating, they were like, date lots of people, mm -hmm. go out, have fun, try different things. Because even though most of them were in very long-term, happy, successful marriages, like I'm talking married to the same person for like 50, 60 years, they were still feeling like maybe they would have done it differently if given the chance because they identified that as something that they had wanted, you know, just the ability mm -hmm. to get to know people. Um, and I think within Christian communities, when everything is so small and tight knit and you have these friend groups that can feel so daunting and hard because there's this extra pressure and tension from the fear of ruining friendships and not knowing how to approach moving from friendship to dating or throwing off the dynamic in your group. Um, there are often aren't a lot of new options. And then when someone new does enter your community, it's like all the sharks flock to the <laughs> yep, fresh beach. Like Pranus. And it's so hard because you don't you can't blame anyone. You know, no one new has been here in a long time. But at the same time, how do you navigate that? It, it's just it's really tricky. Yeah, it can be really heavy to carry. And I think that there is a little bit of risk whenever you ask someone out or you know, if you want to move out of the friend zone or dating someone that's that's in your friend group, like there's a there's a little bit of risk to to that, and you kind of have to weigh like, is it worth it? Is mm -hmm. this something that that I want to pursue? Um, I've seen relationships be super successful that have come out of that. Um, <laughs> one of them sitting six feet away from me. Um, that's Danielle, you guys. Um, yeah. And and I've also seen it blow up in people's faces. Like, 
also me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've been there. I've been there too. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that if you like someone in your friend group, like that's just something that you have to evaluate. But at the same time, like it, it's risky, right? If right. you want to get to know that person, I think it's important to, to understand like what that could do to change the dynamic of the friend group. But that can't be the thing that totally, you know, changes your opinion or like whatever. Um, Cause then you could just be stuck being single for a long time because you're not willing to, to take that risk. Um, but I, I also think that it's important to say like dating can be messy. Oh, it will be messy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be all, it doesn't have to be that way all the time, but it does happen and it's not fun. But I think that it's the reality of being human and, and figuring stuff out at the same time. Dating can be really fun. It can be really fun to get to know new people and, you know, go out on dates. Who doesn't like doing that? Right. But you, you have to do the work. No, I think that, the big thing you just talked about, it's kind of been a, a, a running theme threaded throughout this podcast, is, is the notion of risk. Yes, there's absolutely a risk, but there's always a risk, right? There's no such thing as risk versus no risk. No, so let's just be clear about that. No, it's a risk if you do, but it's also a risk if you don't. Mm -hmm. So just commit to that. So with all this being said, does the Bible have any counsel or advice on dating? Nah. <laughs> I mean, there's not really a lot in the Bible about dating. And I looked um, because <laughs> dating wasn't really a thing in the Bible. I mean, and Song of Solomon's got some... Never mind. Keep going. Anyways. <laughs> um, and I think that maybe that has something to do with why church communities don't necessarily have a ton of great advice when it comes to dating other than, you know, kissing, dating goodbye. Or, Which is horrible. Right. Or or just avoiding it or just waiting until you've found the, you know, and, and not saying that that's what every church tells their young people to do, but. We did I a whole also, podcast on that. We, we did. We did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think that some of the limitations or boundaries set by biblical standards that are good in the right context can force people into unhealthy emotional intimacy because it feels like the only option yes. because people don't know how to navigate like the physical tangible part of dating. And so that's what kind of drives us into this unhealthy inside our head dating. Yeah. And I would even argue that emotional intimacy is stronger than physical intimacy. Yeah, so no, you're absolutely right. The Bible has a ton of helpful advice and principles for healthy and growing relationships, but literally nothing about dating. Um, and let's be honest, it's not really the Bible's fault. It was just, like you said, Danielle, totally different culture. But oftentimes when we talk about dating in the Bible, we instantly talk about virginity. And I know that's not really the topic of this episode, but I, I do think it, we should understand this. Um, because as we discussed in, in an earlier episode, but in ancient times, women guarded their virginity like they guarded their life. Because in many instances, that's exactly what they were doing. Um, there was very much an honor-shame culture. Uh, dignity had nothing to do with the fact that you were a human being, but everything to do with who you were related to or who you belonged to, um, your citizenship, and how much money you had until Jesus shows up. And then Jesus comes along and introduces, for the first time, dignity for the entire world and everyone who's ever born, period. So Jesus introduces, for the first time, you know, these concepts of human rights and civil rights and women's rights and children's rights and minorities' rights. So it's just a totally different culture. Which, again— not to keep going back to this book. It is a good book, though. You should read it. Great book. Um, in the modern romance book, he he talks about how women in older generations didn't have a lot of those rights, mm -hmm. right. didn't have the ability to take care of themselves or provide for themselves unless they were either in their father's home or married to a man. So I think that point about rights and women's rights and just how times have changed, and, and that plays a lot into this, too. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, I do think that the Bible has a lot of great advice about how we should treat and respect people. Mm-hmm. So while that might not be direct dating advice, um, definitely still something we can look to when it comes to navigating just human interaction in general, which is the essence of dating. <laughs> so, you know, as we kind of approach the end of this conversation today, how do we as Christ followers and just human beings in general navigate dating and support those who are in dating relationships and show up for those who are in that stage of life? I think those of us that are in, you know, the dating stage of life, we have to remember to have fun, like mm-hmm. to take the pressure off of needing to figure everything out. And honestly, dating is your business. It is not anyone else's. Um, and and so, yeah, I think just having like that, that positive and the way that you date is up to you mm-hmm. because someone else could tell you like what their dating experience is, but it's you are a different person. And so I think being able to own that and and feel great about the, obviously let's remember to respect one another and all that sort of stuff. But like the way that you date is kind of up to you. Um, but I think that for people who are, who aren't dating and are supporting those that are in dating relationships or showing up for people who are dating, I think it's um, a really easy way is just to encourage those of your friends that, that are dating. Um, don't ask them when they're going to get married to that person, but genuinely have an interest in their dating relationships. Mm-hmm. And don't always feel like you need to give advice to your friends that are, that are dating. I don't know about you, but I hate unsolicited advice. And so I, I think it goes back to the the expectations. Like if you need advice, like go to your friends, be like, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. And then I think the advice and the conversation comes from a very different place than like, this is what you, this is what I think you should do. Um, and also, you know, pray for your friends that are, that are in relationships that are, that are dating. Um, and, and lastly, be there for them if, or when a relationship doesn't work out because that happens. Yeah. I think it is worth saying too, though, like if there are extenuating circumstances where maybe you see your friend in a really bad, like abusive relationship or stuff, like sometimes there is a very small time and place for unsolicited advice. But in general, I 1000% agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But I I would say that's not necessarily unsolicited advice, right? Situationally solicited. Yes. (laughs) I don't think any of that is real English, but I just said it. Um, For me, I think a way we can support people or just like general advice for dating do it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be afraid of it. Um, Get to know people and enjoy that. I think that as Christian communities, if we can normalize dating a bit more, Mm -hmm. that can be really helpful in supporting people in that stage of life and just making dating easier and more more enjoyable and making honesty and expectations and pressure less of a issue when it comes to dating. No, absolutely. And so I'm just going to say a couple quick things and then we'll be done. I would say that... um, and this sounds dark, but just hear me out. When you start dating, whether it's the first date or the fifth date, just expect that the relationship will end. Expect that it will end. So many times we do the opposite. And, but if we go, approach it through this, through this lens of, okay, well, this relationship will end, then A, when it happens, you won't be overly shocked. And B, if it doesn't happen then you'd get married, right? So it's just kind of like a win-win like with, with this lens of, of approaching. But I would also say what you were talking about earlier, Danielle, is please don't ever mistreat anyone, even if they don't mind being mistreated. Um, and, and a part of this would be not misleading, right? Like we've talked about this, right? But cowards mislead. Um, and so uh, oftentimes I'll hear people say like, well, I really want to save their, their feelings, right? I, I want to, I don't want to hurt them. Okay. Again, going back to this whole child theme, we would never tell a child, well, it's okay to hurt someone's feelings, but we're not children. So I would say, honestly, it's okay if someone's feelings get hurt. It's not okay to avoid hurting someone's feelings to protect yourself from the discomfort of telling someone the truth. So don't allow yourself to be mistreated and don't mistreat um, others. And that is just honoring. 
Um, and, and honestly, like you should not be mistreated. You are too good for that. And that's not like an arrogant statement for you to be thinking like I'm too good to be mistreated. That's what God thinks of you. According to the scriptures, you are his masterpiece. So you deserve to be treated well. And again, unless you're a liar, <laughs> don't lie. Just be honest. And a part of this would be don't do anything that makes you a liar for life. Just let that sink in for a second. Every date and every relationship becomes a part of your story, and you can make the decision to write a better story. So as we end, listener, yes, I'm talking to you. How would you describe today's dating scene? Shani, a 30-something, once said, I used to wonder how long we had to date before we had sex. Now I wonder how long we have to have sex before we can date. It's complicated, unquote. Or Aiden, a 20-something, once said, quote, We don't communicate our feelings to one another, but instead play this guessing game with no intention of being with that person because it means you care and you're weak. Because whoever cares the least wins, right? It's complicated, unquote. And so I ask, is it? Is it really that complicated? 1 Corinthians 13.10 says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So maybe Paul actually does have some good advice. For some reason, when many of us date, we go back to being a child. But what if we put away childish things? What if we were honest with ourselves and with the one we want to date? What if we were extremely clear about our expectations? And what if we went on dates, lots and lots of casual, no pressure, just have fun dates? What if we stopped looking for characteristics and looked for character? What if we grew up? Would it still be so complicated? Special thanks to our rock star audio engineer, Alan Clark. Music throughout this episode is by Common Man Music. A special thank you to Carly Rae Jepsen. If you like what you've been hearing, tell your friends. And if you'd like to connect with any of us, follow us on Instagram at We're the Outsiders Podcast. We'll see you next week.